Hey guys, my name's Adam. I'm the head coach at Copper State Fit. Our purpose is to educate, entertain, and inspire you to lead a fit and healthy lifestyle. We hope that by sharing our clients' stories and providing you with tools, tips, and information that you can apply, that you'll seize the opportunity by turning thought into action. Stick around till the end and we'll provide you with the next steps that you can take along with helpful links in the show notes. That said, thank you in advance for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening. We've got an awesome podcast for you today. If you're here to listen to my wife Renee's amazing story and her transformation, just listen right along. If you'd like to hear about the client most frequently asked questions, fast forward to about minute 46 where we really get into it. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, you guys, here we are, episode five of Copper State Fit Podcast. And with today's episode, we're going to be going through our client's most frequently asked questions. And we pulled our coaches and got their feedback as well. Um, in addition to that, by popular demand, I have a guest co-host today, none other than my amazing wife, Renee. So welcome and thank you for taking the time to be on the show, Renee. Thanks, honey. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited to get to uh, speak to everyone and kind of share my side of things. So thanks for having me. Yes. Well, let's talk first about your background a little bit, like maybe where you're from and what you've done and maybe a little bit about you. Okay. Well, I'm an Arizona native. I was born in a small town called Sierra Vista. Um, I have, you know, typical, typical upbringing. I have um, one brother and two sisters. Now I have to say though, I never grew up playing sports or eating very well. I mean, I kind of did by default um, because my uh, stepmom, she was a, a home cook, which was great. So I was exposed to a lot of uh, meals at home. We didn't eat out a lot, um, except for the occasional uh, Friday pizza night. So that was good. But once I was on my own, I started eating poorly. Um, almost because I could, I took advantage of it because I wasn't athletic and didn't know anything about nutrition that I just ate what I liked. So that led <laughs> to uh, some weight gain and not very much, but you know, your typical freshman 15, mine was more like 20, 25 um, when I went off to college. And then I kind of maintained, I mean, I would lose a little bit here and there and continued just, you know, eating the foods that I liked, uh, didn't know what was considered healthy or unhealthy, um, would just pretty much, I don't want to say I would starve, but I would lower my, my intake of food knowing, you know, that that would help me to lose some weight, but I never exercised um, because again, I, I didn't have athletics as a background. So I didn't know the importance of exercise and eating right. And then when uh, you and I dated, um, I was exposed to a whole new world. A whole um, new world. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new world. So for those of you don't, that don't know, Adam does have uh, a bodybuilding background. So I have to say, you know, a lot of times people don't give credit to the athletes that are competing and dieting and training. 
um, but they also don't give credit to their supporters. I have to say, I had to put up with a lot. It was night and day difference. It was just a total 180 degree difference than the life I was used to living, right? Drinking, eating what I wanted, sleeping in, not exercising, where you would exercise, you know, sometimes twice a day, and you would, back then, weigh and measure your food, you know, and I just thought that was so strange, so weird, so foreign, and I just didn't understand it. However, um, being exposed to that was intriguing for me. And I think for me, I just, I wanted to know more about it. You know, why you did what you did. I was just very, very curious. So I recall way back when asking you one time, um, I think this was after one of your shows, asking you to make a diet for me, make a diet. And you were very reluctant. You were very hesitant said you didn't want to do it because, you know, a lot of people you made diets for just didn't uh, stick to it. So you were really reluctant. Plus, I think you just knew my habits. <laughs> you knew what I ate. I was, I was the person, again, I was the supporter of you and friends of ours doing bodybuilding shows. And what I enjoyed most is the celebration afterwards. You know, for me, it was like, oh, yay, we get to go eat. We, we earned this. We deserve this. And so when all of you were eating your you know, huge Filiberto burritos or, you know, full-size pizza. I was right there eating them too, thinking that I had actually done something to deserve <laughs> eating that much. So you finally gave in and you gave me, I remember, a 12-week diet and um, everything was broken down for me, um, calories and, and uh, what foods I needed to be eating. And I also was given um, by you uh, a workout program. And I will say that is the first time in my life that I did something and committed and really committed and had an appreciation for what you and others in that lifestyle. Um, well, I can do. say remembering back to that, as you talk through this, that was probably an attractive thing to me of you because you I know how hard it is and I know how tough it is for, for the clients that we have and anybody that I've ever helped go through this. But as I watched you go through it, you know, I was probably waiting for you to stumble and like the, ah, I knew it was going to happen, but to watch you finish and do the whole 12 weeks, like not a single cheat one time, stick to the exercise program, not having an athletic background or someone who had worked out before. Oh, and mind you, I was terrified of the gym. Well, terrified. And, and not just that, I love your deadlift story. So give us quick, <laughs> quick deadlift story, Renee. Okay, so um, mind you, this is years ago. I have learned um, from my mistakes, but um, you know, when you're not used to uh, training, going to the gym, actually lifting uh, weights, you know, you you think you're invincible. You think you know what you're doing. You think you know, it's, it's not going to hurt as bad and, and you can do more than, than you, you know, can, maybe my goals were a little bit lofty, but, um, I remember you telling me, okay, you will be doing, um, I can't recall if it was a Romanian deadlift. Anyhow, it was so long ago. I remember the pain though. <laughs> um, so I remember you stating, you know, okay, this is your first time doing these deadlifts. You need to, you know, make sure you're okay. You need to rest, you know, make sure that you don't add too much weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. So I remember doing them in the gym and I, and I felt pretty good, you know, but 
it was probably 24 hours after the fact. And for the next week, I could barely move. Like I felt completely and utterly useless. Like I remember I was going to dental assisting school at the time. And I remember we had stairs uh, leading up to one of the classrooms and I physically could not go up the stairs because I was in that much pain. I had to use those, <laughs> those um, heating pads, you know, that, yeah, that you buy, yeah. those uh, travel heating pads, those little stick-on heating pads. Yeah, the, what, the Shaquille O'Neal pads. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, my backpack was full. So I had those, and I remember putting that on, and I had to take the elevator. So I had to take the elevator up to my classroom and yeah, I won't. I, I remember that. That too, you telling me your mom too, how she was saying like, what did you do? And why oh, yeah. did you do this? And you're following that program that Adam gave you. It was <laughs> yeah. like, you, your mom was kind of like lecturing me through you, if you will. Uh, but that was a good story. So nonetheless, in pain, the moral story, listen to your coach, don't overdo it. <laughs> yes. Um, tell us a little bit about your transformation story. Obviously that 12 weeks was the, your first taste of like sticking to something, a plan following it. You got really, really awesome results from that original time. So that would say okay. that's like your initial transformation mm -hmm. and exposure to it. Fast forward years later, we're married. We've got kids. Mm -hmm. Talk me through that and talk everyone else through that. Well, and let me just um, say that I did, yes, I did those uh, 12 weeks of working out consistently and eating right, almost to prove a point to you. To be honest, I wanted to prove you wrong. So I did it. It gave me an appreciation. But I will say, because it was so strict, um, because there was no wiggle room, I mean, I didn't have, uh, you know, so much as a Skittle mm -hmm. on that diet. I stopped after the 12 weeks and I didn't do much of anything else after that, right? I kind of went back to my sedentary lifestyle. Um, I, I didn't grow up overweight. Um, like I said, I just, you know, I love junk food. I love all food, healthy, junk food, whatever, fast food. I mean, I love it all. Um, I do not discriminate when it comes to food. So I just went back to my, um, you know, my lifestyle of just kind of walking. I mean, I would go to the gym. I always had a gym membership. Um, but I was the girl that was just super intimidated of the uh, weight room floor. I mean, I would see these, you know, guys with bulging biceps and, you know, these women that looked like they were stage ready and I just didn't know what I was doing. So I just thought, well, when you don't know what you're doing, you just avoid it. So I would, you know, go back, um, onto the, uh, cardio machine. So, um, and I will say in that, uh, 12 weeks, the reason why I did work out and it's kind of embarrassing, but I joined an all women's like old, well, I mean, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but an elderly women's gym. So it was all women, but they were all very, they very much your intimidation older. factor down by doing so. Well, yeah, because none of them were working out on the floor. Yeah. So they were all swimming and doing aerobics. So the floor was all mine. Yeah. So once, um, and those, and mind you, all those gyms closed down too. So I, I did enjoy that. So that's probably why I kind of went back into my ways because I was just really intimidated of a co-ed gym, gyms where people were already in shape, you know, so I was questioning myself. Um, I just didn't have the confidence that I needed. And so um, 
I, I, you know, just went about um, eating and portion control and things like that. So now we're married. You stopped doing shows, um, but you were still working in the gym industry. And um, I remember just coming to you. Now, this was after we had kids. So with Austin, um, our firstborn, I, again, I love food and I really love ice cream. It's my all-time favorite dessert. And I remember just eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's all the time. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. What, what when I would said, you watch when you were eating it? <laughs> this is the best part. I don't really want people knowing this, but now that you brought this up, okay, I would watch The Biggest Loser. So I would watch <laughs> The Biggest Loser, and instead of putting the ice cream down and getting to the gym, I would just be eating the entire <laughs> pint of Ben and Jerry's and gaining weight to the point where my OBGYN stated that I needed to be careful because I was gaining weight at a very rapid pace. So mm -hmm. he did bring that up to my attention. He brought that up to my attention. Um, and you know, he said, or excuse me, he brought that to my attention and he said, you know, you really need to lay off sugar, but I was pregnant. I felt that glow. I wasn't one of those sick pregnant women. I was fat and happy. I felt great. I felt that I was eating for two and no one could tell me what to do. And no one really was. I mean, except for when I'd go in for my doctor appointments, you know, and then I would just eh, kind of, you know, sweep his comments under the rug and continue eating my Ben and Jerry's. So I gained a lot of weight. I gained over 60 pounds. I remember, you know, and then after the baby, yes, you do lose some, but you don't lose that much. You know, I lost about 15 pounds. Um, here or there. And then I just was in a funk. I just felt lost. You know, I knew how to walk. I knew how to do basic cardio. I mean, I would go on the elliptical, but that was it, you know, and I would do maybe 20 minutes. So I really just did not work out. And I remember coming to you and um, just saying like, I just don't feel good. And that's hard to do. It's hard to admit that you need help. And also from, you know, when your husband works in the industry and, and, and you don't really, you know, live that life, it, it, it's hard to say, you know, I, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, please help me. And, and you were willing to do that. And you were so good. I do have to now, um, because of course, as I'm, as I'm talking, I'm remembering there were times that you did try to train me. Mm -hmm. So I think oh, people yeah. need to know that because you were a personal trainer when we dated and uh you know you you did try to train me but i just wouldn't listen at that time you know because i just well let me let me tell them the first experience i had and i kind of put my foot down more than anything said i didn't think it was right for me or to, for mm -hmm. us to do that because it kind of like created tension but i remember being in the gym one time you asking me to take you through a workout and literally as i'm taking you through i'm trying to coach you on on how to do a certain movement and you got really really frustrated and you kicked the physio ball at me i don't know if you even remember that <laughs> but you kicked yes, it at but... me and stormed off and i thought to myself like that's the last time i want to be like in that spat with you so as much as i want to support you in whatever fitness nutrition whatever i wanted to have you have somebody else coach you through it so then when you did approach me you know, can I just tell the listeners that I really am a nice person? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that came off as bad. I You're super nice. nice. Person. Now we're bringing up all these bad 
happening. But anyways, so and, yes, and I'm I not, do that. I'm not, I'm no angel here. So well, it's just hard. I think there was just there was some personal conflict because it was you know not only were you know you trying to train me, but you know what we were we were dating, and so it was easier for me to tell you no. You know, no, I don't want to do that. No, I can't do that. And I was embarrassed of how I would look. Like you'd see me, you know, flailing around and thinking, wow, you know, my girlfriend is really uncoordinated and she just, wow. I mean, she just, you know, sucks when it comes to working out. So, you know, there was just a lot of intimidation, honestly, and just my ego, my ego getting in the way, my ego just afraid of failing and just not having control of my life, you know, and just not really knowing how, how to do it. So I just, I remember, okay, so we had Austin luckily because I knew how to um, do some cardio, you know, I knew that was important. Some movement again, I didn't do much. Um, but just uh, the simple task of walking and um, kind of portion control, but still not watching my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost um, most of, of the baby weight and then found out we were pregnant with Stella. So that was a nice surprise, but a surprise. Um, and then I was a lot better with that pregnancy. I think you learn. Again, you learn from your mistakes. I realized, you know, I wasn't happy with the amount of weight that I let myself gain with Austin. So with Stella, plus I was chasing a toddler around. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, only one. So at that point, I think that just that movement helped me. And after Stella, though, I remember approaching you and just asking for that help, just saying, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. Adam, can you help me? And you were so kind. And I remember like, um, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. But I just remember there was no judgment. I just, you know, I felt like you as my partner, you were very supportive and wanted to get me the help that, you know, that you could, that you knew I needed. And I felt like you knew that you couldn't train me because I was, I would just talk back. So we learned, we learned from that, that physio ball incident. So you told me that you were going to um, hire a personal trainer for me. And at first, you know, I got so excited, like, wow, you know, really like a a personal trainer. Then after it sunk in, then it was like, oh, a personal trainer. (laughs) Like I went from high to low and just honestly was so scared. I thought, oh my gosh, what is this person going to do? And I'll never forget. Um, which, and we still talk to, um, my trainer, uh, Jeremy, he, you showed me a picture of him and then I was really intimidated because he also, he does compete. Uh, he is a bodybuilder and I thought, there's no way, there's no way that I'm going to let this guy tell me what to do and let him see, you know, how awful I am. But, um, kicking and screaming, I, I did it because I knew, you know, you reach a step where I... I wasn't happy. What I was doing wasn't working. So I needed to make the change. And once I realized that, then I could go in. And it seriously was the best decision I ever made. One, you know, when you have a personal trainer, for those of you that don't have one that are so intimidated of the gym, even if you can hire um, a, a trainer for a short period of time, it will change your life. It will, it will take away the anxiety that you feel around the gym, like everyone's watching, right? And intimidation goes out the window. 
they're telling you what to do, how to do it. They're watching your form. It definitely was the best thing. I highly recommend it um, to anyone and everyone because if it doesn't scare me. And then I know, unfortunately, Jeremy uh, left the company and I was, of course, devastated because you, again, build this relationship, you know, as, you know, CSF members know, like, oh my gosh, your coach, your trainer, like everything you do, they know the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and they want to see you succeed. So when he left, oh my gosh, I mean, I just thought the world was ending. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, you know, sometimes you need to change things up a, a bit, you know, and, and you, and you know, he's moved on and, and which he has, he's moved on to bigger and better things. Um, so we're so proud of him, but, um, you, you said you need to get another trainer. And I thought, no way, like, no way I can't do that. I almost felt like I was cheating. Like, I can't do that. You know, another <laughs> trainer, like no way, you know? And so, um, I, again, I was reluctant, you know, it, it was really hard, but I did. I changed the location of the gym and then hired a new trainer, which was a female now. So Rochelle um, became my trainer and it just was awesome. Like once you give something or someone a chance, you, you have to give your all to that person. You will succeed. And I got great results um, with her as well. And she uh, moved on to, as did we, you know, you and I, as far as working out there and, and um, those changes. So I no longer have a trainer. I, I do now work out myself. There's, um, you know, would I get a trainer again? Definitely. Um, you know, I, I do think there are, you know, times when it's needed, especially for what I want to do now, my personal goals. Um, but I'm no longer intimidated. Taking control of my life and working out was the best thing and then getting my um, nutrition in order. So after I had worked out with uh, these two trainers, I still needed to dial in my nutrition. I was getting stronger. Um, I showed up. I was, you know, they were holding me accountable. I knew that they were expecting me in the gym, but what I did outside the gym was all me. And so for me, well, I could eat whatever I wanted, right? Yeah. And who, I think, who would know? And you, like, kind of, you kind of had like the same mentality today. A lot of people do i'm working out this much this hard i've got a trainer a few days a week almost like i deserve this to eat right oh, so yeah. it wasn't you weren't really watching what you ate but then you came to the realization like hey look how hard i am working and i've plateaued in my results i'm not i'm not quite where i want to be and i'm stuck so what do i need to do next and then that's where you again you came back to me and we're like okay i think i need to dial the nutrition and mm -hmm. and that's where we went and we there. Right. Because I, I, you know, knew how to eat who doesn't, you know, and I love food. Like I am a self-proclaimed food. I wanted to go to culinary school. I've taken cooking courses, um, in college. That is like my life. Oh, yeah. Gosh. She's a foodie through and through. Yes. And, but those who are in the program, part of our uh, private group chat, know she's a culinary ninja. Like she, she can make healthy food tastes amazing. So uh, being in the first row front seat to this culinary expert here, I can definitely say uh, it puts me a step ahead with my nutrition because everything tastes awesome. But go ahead and give us like, when we started getting you on a nutrition program, you were kind of in disbelief, I remember. Yes. Like, here's what we're gonna do. And you're like, eh, it doesn't sound like it's gonna work. So 
Well, I'll say this is why, because years ago when we were dating and you put me on that diet, it was very specific, right? The food was flavorless. I mean, this was years ago when, you know, gosh, I'm going to age ourselves here. I feel like it almost 20 years ago yeah. that people, you know, in the, in the fitness industry, in the bodybuilding scene, com um, you know, the competitive scene, you ate bland food. And it, it almost gave you, right, like, right. You're eating chicken and green beans or, you know, with no salt, tilapia. Yeah. No salt. Like literally no, no flavor, like not a season. It's, it's in sight. Everything's weighed, everything's measured, macros are figured out, but, but it's like the blandest. Oh, food. it was flavorless. Yeah. I remember in the diet, I was able to have some, you know, one piece of bread a day and I toasted it and put nothing on it. I was eating a dry piece of toast. Like, <laughs> it's hell. And so like, it's, it's tough for you now that we throw this new method at you yes. to think, well, I know what got me results before. Mm -hmm. So, how is this going to work? Because this is night and day different. Right. That was my thinking, black and white, right? Like in order to uh, get the results I want, I have to suffer. And there was no way that me, a foodie who loves to eat, was going to be able to live that lifestyle. Well, then, you know, you're saying, no, 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 no. Wipe that, you know, out of your mind. Totally erase that. You are going to get these numbers, yet you get to choose. Them. It was like, like mind blown like what are you talking about like this cannot like I really felt like I was being pumped like are you serious are you you know jerking me around what do you mean like and you said you can have whatever it is you want if it fits meaning Snickers ice cream whatever Renee just follow the numbers and then guess what I said okay then game on you know yep. it was a challenge in Renee's usual fashion it let me prove let me take it to the extreme and you did. Right. And there aren't a lot. I'm, I must say, too, I'm not a very competitive person, people that know me. But when it comes to you and I, because you're so competitive, <laughs> I think I just really like the You like summit. to stick it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of pleasure from that. I really do. Like, whether it's bowling, you know, and I'm beating you or foosball, might yeah. I say. I am she the home foosball the champ. foosball champ. Yep. I just really like, you know. I don't want to say sticking it to you because that sounds really bad. You're my husband and I love you. Um, but I just like, yeah, I like proving you wrong. So I said, all right, game on. So I, for the first month, and you said, Renee, you must commit. If any of you have read my transformation story, you know, I mentioned in there, you said four weeks. You must adhere to these numbers for four weeks. And I did. And I ate tacos every day for, for four weeks. Days. I did. And guess what? I loved every minute of it. Why? Because it was a food I liked. The numbers worked. And I worried about macros at that point, right? It wasn't about micros. And now we know, you know, they do matter, right? It's uh, one of the seven pillars. But then it was about the numbers and making them work. So I did El Paso, you know, pre-made crunchy taco shells, ground turkey, I did low fat cheese and salsa and I ate those and loved every minute and got results. Four weeks later, I just, I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And then I was sold hook, line and sinker. I bought in, I drank the Kool-Aid. I realized like this works. And what then it's what is it that since. works? Maybe explain a little bit more for some that might be listening to this that don't understand. What were you doing? So I was 
weighing and measuring all of my foods. Yep. Right. And I was hitting the numbers, the, the macros that were given to me. What numbers? Right. So I had a calorie goal. Okay. Okay. That was first. And then the macros, which are the protein, the carbs, and the fats. Perfect. And so if I followed those and I'd, you know, I would say if I hit the seven out of seven for those four weeks, I mean, I did. I was, like I said, I was on point because again, I wanted to prove you wrong, but I wanted to really see if this, if this worked and it did. And what's great is, you know, you give that 10% window. Um, so I stayed within that window and again, it was consistency. I mean, I really truly believe following that same meal template that I designed for myself worked because it was simple. You know, I didn't have to think it was plug and play and it was a food I never, ever get sick and tired. I don't care what anybody says. Tacos are life. Like I just love them. And so I, um, and of course I didn't eat tacos for breakfast though. I, I should, <laughs> I should say that I did, you know, eat, eat, uh, other breakfast foods, but for the most part it was, it was tacos for lunch and dinner and it, and it worked. And, um, the reason why it worked is because I was consistent. I did everything that needed to be done. Yep weight and measured. So you've got a really awesome transformation. We'll link that up in the, the show notes um, so that everyone else who's listening can see that. Um, I think two more things I want to touch on and have you explain to us before we transition into the questions and we go through those. But first, as you talked about, I mentioned how, and everyone knows, you're the culinary ninja. How did you take your love for food, you wanting to go to culinary school, you being a Food Network junkie, how did you take that and begin to kind of mold these meals and foods and get things that taste so good and still fit them within your calories, your macros, and all those goals that were assigned? Well, I think that's a good question. I think just the way my my brain works, you know, like I, I feel like when it comes to food, I do have a creative side. Um, I love flavor. You know, flavor is, I mean, it's everything. I And I just didn't want foods to be boring. So what I focused on were, again, the macros, right? If I have to hit a certain number of, um, of, of protein, right? Protein's important in my diet. So if it was going to be chicken, okay, what are the flavorings that I could add to the chicken that are lower calorie, but will still change the taste of the chicken, right? Because chicken's um, plain. That way you, you know? can eat chicken five days a week and have it five, yeah, five, like five different ways. Exactly. If you flavor it differently um, at each meal or, you know, every few meals, you're not going to get tired of that. And honestly, if chicken doesn't excite you, you don't have to eat it. Like most people in our group know I don't like egg whites. I don't like, I don't, I don't like them. I'm not going to pretend to like them. I don't like egg whites. However, if I flavor them, meaning I add them to like you know, uh, a fried rice, whether that be cauliflower fried rice, um, or, you know, your standard, standard rice dish, I'm great, you know, or if I add them to, you know, when I'm making pancakes, awesome. You know, egg whites have their purpose. I, however, will not put egg whites on a plate plain. You will never see that from me. I don't <laughs> like them. And so I do really try to tell people, um, when they ask, you know, like what foods do you eat or what foods should I eat? You need to eat the foods that you like, that you will continue to eat, that will meet your numbers, you know, that will, that will hit the macros, which are the most important thing, you know, and then, and then micros, but 
you need to eat food you enjoy, you know, make, make great meals and, and cook at home. And, you know, I love to cook, so I may, you know, do something that's a little bit more lengthy than somebody else would like to do, but I also understand being short on time, right? We have kids work, we're, we're busy, you know what I mean? Extracurricular activities. And so, you know, I can't always make this seven course meal because one, our kids probably wouldn't eat it. I mean, we still have kids and they are picky. I mean, people, you know, yeah. our kids do eat, they and do they eat, eat more than different things. Both of them. Oh my so. gosh. Yes. So if, yes, they are complete opposites. It drives me nuts. Other story, but. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have to keep them in mind and I want just fast buildable meals. So as I started going through um, the program and I found that it worked, you know, it was just a light bulb moment. And I realized I can just create more flavors. You know, eggs can be made a thousand ways. Chicken can be, you know, flavored a thousand ways. Pork, steak, I mean, you name it. So I just really, um, I'm pretty adventurous with it, with food though. I will say I'm not a picky eater. So I love all cuisines. Um, so flavoring seasonings, I mean, I can just go to town on that, whether that be, you know, Mexican, Greek, Italian, um, you know, Asian, I will, I will try it all yeah. Indian food. I mean, I just, I love it all. So that really has been very helpful. And it also introduces our kids to a lot of different foods, totally. you know, and, and my exposure to food was limited before we started dating and you being a foodie, it's like, yeah, I don't know that I ever had Indian food before we started dating, you know, sure, so right. it's just neat now how you can come up with these dishes. I mean, one of them just off the top of my head where you'll do the, the coconut curry salmon or even like the, the, the curry beef, the Indian dish that you'll do. There's a lot of really awesome stuff to your point. You can just flavor things up a thousand mm -hmm. different ways and make the same thing taste so different. Right. So. And just, you know, and that way you have that, that variation because I do feel like people tend to get bored a, a lot of the I think the problem or the issue is too like we just are such a fast-moving society nowadays like we just want more and different and we you know we don't want to eat a leftovers like heaven forbid we eat leftovers you know you just you have to kind of dial it down a notch and make it simple people mm -hmm. are making things too difficult they want too much too fast right mm -hmm. so it's like and, and I will say you know you can social media is great um, I, I don't participate in a lot of it um, but I do find it you know useful and I will say though sometimes it hurts people um, even maybe some clients of ours when they are going on to IG right and IG oh my gosh how great are the pictures right but you're just seeing so much variety too much variety yeah. It becomes an intimidating or you feel like you're not doing enough or the variety oh, of the foods you mean? Like just Yeah, completely. It's like, you know, you talk about FOMO, right? Yeah. It's like, oh well, I'm missing out because this person's eating this. I mean, and these concoctions that some of these people make. Even I question how those fit into their macros, where I think, wow, like that's impressive that they can eat these what look like these huge towering skyscraper Sundays, you know, and it yeah. fits their macros, but they're not eating whole foods that will help fill them up too, you know? So I think sometimes people think, you know, their food slop and, oh, I'm just so boring because I don't eat, you know, this, this huge variety. That's okay. Because again, you have to go back to eating with the foods you like. I was just going to say that if you like it right, and it's working, mm -hmm. if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're next to me and you're eating a bowl full of egg whites, right? Hey, 
hey, high five. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong or you're boring because I don't want you telling me that my food is, you know, wrong or eccentric or, well, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just you eat what you like and, and really just don't, don't worry about what other people are doing um, and, and just eat the foods you like, eat the foods that fit. And sometimes, you know, you do have to kind of step outside the box and, and try new things. And I feel like that's, that's why I'm here. That's kind of my role yeah. is to kind of, you know, help people kind of think outside the box when it comes to food and um, make things that, that they'll love and hopefully their family will like, you know, as well and that they'll be successful. Last question before we transition. We talk about this a lot with our clients, but everyone has to have their why. That's your thing that's unique to you that keeps you going. It's what gets you up in the morning early to get to the gym, to meal prep on Sunday for the week or for the next couple days, to make the decision in the moment of what's the right food that I should be consuming for my body. And I know that we want to know what's your why. Well, I mean, it's easy for me to say, my why are you and the kids? That's my why. Like, family is everything to me, and I'm getting all teary-eyed again, but family really is everything. And I think, you know, for me, it's like, before, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I was 20, it was all about me. It was, you know, I want to look good. I want to look good in the bikini. I, you know, it was all about looking good. Now I have hit an age and I wish, oh, how I wish that I could tell my former self that the why has to be internal more than it is external. External is great and external will come. And like you tell many clients, if you go through the actions, right, and focus on performance, then aesthetics will come. They will naturally come. If you are doing what you need to do, you're dotting your I's, you're crossing your T's, you're going to the gym, you are weighing and measuring your food, right? And hitting those, those numbers, you will get the results you are after. But mental, internal health is so much uh, more important, you know, it, it, or I should say equally important, you know, because you do need the physical health, you know, you need to be around. And for me, I just want to be around for you and the kids and you know, I, I want to be active. I don't, you know, want to be sedentary and be too tired to, you know, get up with kids and hopefully some someday, you know, far into the future that we'll be grandparents yeah. and, you know, I'll be able to move around with the grandkids and I just, that's my why. So my why is just to you know, feel good, right? And if I look good, hey, bonus points. I'll take yeah. that, you know, like... Who doesn't want to look good, especially as I'm approaching 40 here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, I think doing what I'm doing now, I, I feel better. I, you know, my confidence is there. I feel like 40s are going to be amazing, you know, and I feel like I'm better than I was in my 20s. And why? Because I, for me, again, it's, it's internal, you know, it's not just external. So I no longer focus on the dreaded number on the scale, right? Because we know that fluctuates and why it fluctuates. Um, that took me a long time though. You know, I'm, I'm your typical woman. It's like we stare at that scale and we either love it or we curse it. You know what I mean? So it's, 
it was a struggle and it took a lot of work, um, but again, it's consistency and patience, just patience, just doing this long enough has taught me what's important, what's valuable, what my why is, and that's truly why I get up every day and do what I do because once you've worked out long enough to, I will say that, say this to all the people who don't like to work out, because trust me, I did not like to work out, um, you will start to crave it. Like you do it, just like good foods, right? Good nutritious foods. The more you consume like these, these whole foods full of micronutrients, you will crave them. You know, the, the, the berries are sweeter. Same thing with your workout. Like the workouts are better, you know, because you want to beat your old self. Like you want to go in and beat last week's reps or, you know, mm -hmm. um, last week's weight, you know? So it's like you're, you're in a competition with yourself. And I think that desire to just get in there and, and do it, it's like, oh man, it is it's just, it's awesome for me. Like for me, it's therapy. Like I go into the gym, I focus on me, I put my headphones in and I do the best that I can for that day. You know, and some days are better than others. Some days yeah. you'll ask me, how would your workout? You know, but again, more deposits than withdrawals. I am better today than I was yesterday because I showed up. That's awesome. I think for the, <laughs> the, the wives and mothers grandmothers out there, fathers, husbands, you know, for everybody that's listening through this, you are, you have a lot of responsibilities and you wear a lot of hats. And I think what you've recognized is how much better you are at wearing those hats and, and living out those roles because you put yourself first. And some of those people, again, the moms and, and dads and people out there who may feel it's selfish to take an hour or two out of your day to work out or selfish that I'm not going to eat certain foods or go to certain events or be around certain things for a sacrifice to have optimal health. I think it's the short-term sacrifice for the bigger picture, the long-term gain. And that's kind of what it sounds like you described to me as your why. Right. Right. I, I want to be around for the people I love. And if I'm not take caring, taking care of me, <clears throat> then that isn't going to happen, you know, and you just, you can't, I mean, us as, you know, parents, you know, we, we are just giving. And then me as myself, speaking for myself, I am a natural people pleaser. I hate disappointing people. You know, it, it's hard to say no to things. Um, but you know, I have to do it. I have to do it for me. And then, you know, and you'll find what works for you. Like if something in your schedule comes up, which it does for us, you know, we're going to be uh, pretty busy here, uh, every Saturday now because football season for our son has started back up and you happen to be the coach. So we are busy. Um, but I will find the time if that means I have to get up three, four hours earlier then that's what I, I need to do. I mean, Everybody should be making changes. Um, you know, what, what maybe worked for me six months ago isn't going to work for me today, mm -hmm. right? And so just um, to use this week as an example, I've been getting up very early. Now, I am not a morning person, <laughs> although I've always worked very early jobs, but I am not a morning a person by, uh, by nature, and I will hit the snooze six, seven, 12, 15 times. Like I just continue to hit that snooze button, but I have been getting up, 
holding myself accountable and getting up early. Why? Because I'm more productive throughout the day. I don't have that mom guilt, you know, that I'm, that I'm thinking of my workout. When am I going to get my workout in while I'm with our children? You know, I need to use that time um, that's given to, to me and the kids of spending quality time together. I need to use that wisely. And so I'm doing what I need to do. So my schedule's changed. And I think, you know, others need to try to, to think, think about that and think of areas where they can maybe make the change, but not give up on themselves, right? Where it's like, oh, my week's so busy. I'm just not going to be able to work out. Mm-hmm. If it's important to you, you will. I don't care if it's at home. Yep. For 15 minutes, right? A home workout, everybody's in bed. Or home workout when, um, either when they go to bed, let's say night, right? It's 10 o'clock at night and you're doing a 15-minute workout. That's still, again, a deposit, right, for the day. You've done better than you would if you didn't do anything, right? And then, or you're going to work out in the morning before everyone gets up. You just need to be willing to make those changes. You have to bend, not make excuses. Love it. It was awesome. I appreciate you going into all that depth and you know, your journey is awesome because it's unique in that, you know, not having the athletic background, being intimidated, um, all of the things, I think a lot of experiences that our members and clients have are kind of pulled into one. So I think you have a lot of empathy compassion and understanding for what a lot of people are going through. And when I'll tell you stories of clients or so-and-so's doing this or so-and-so, and you'll give me a perspective that maybe I don't have when I share certain things with you too. So appreciate you spending the time doing that. Um, I'd love to get into these questions, these Q and a stuff now. So I think what we'll do is um, as I mentioned before, we got kind of together and put together the most common questions that our clients ask us coaches. And then we also had our coaches provide us with some of their feedback and answers as well. Um, and then Renee and I are going to also sound in and, and give you some of our thoughts on that too. So I'll have you read the crush, uh, questions, Renee, okay. and then I'll give or provide answers or maybe read off uh, some of the answers that some of our coaches gave us and maybe trade off with you as well. Okay. So I'll start with question number one, which is um, how much protein do I need? How much protein? Well, that is the golden question. I think most common question. So protein is the most important of the three macronutrients. It is essential. You cannot get it. Uh, Your body doesn't make it on its own, obviously. So you have to get it from an outside source. Um, How much protein? I think how much do I need is really the wrong question to ask. because if it were how much do I need based on like RDA minimums, that's like 0.8 grams per kilogram. So if you're 150 pounds, I mean, we're talking like 50 or 60 grams a day. It's really, really low as far as need. Now, how much is optimal is probably the better question. Now, I'm going to get into a little science. Hang with me for a minute through the boring stuff and I'll circle back and it'll make sense in the end. There are branch chain amino acids in protein, one of specifically, which is called leucine. And leucine's job is to do something called promote uh, or start kickoff muscle protein synthesis. So that's basically what gets the ball rolling rolling and makes protein do its job is, is leucine. And what we've seen through studies is that you need about two and a half grams of leucine to trigger that muscle protein synthesis. Well, Animal protein has about 10% leucine content. So what does that mean? If I need two uh, two and a half grams of leucine to trigger that, 
I'm gonna need about 25 or 30 grams of protein to make that happen. So what that means is if you're eating less than 25 or 30 grams of protein, is it going to waste? Not really, but you're not triggering that muscle protein synthesis event. We want that to happen three to four times throughout the day. That being said, you need 25 or 30 grams, you would probably need at minimum uh, 75 to 90 grams of protein if you're hitting that three times a day. This also brings about something else, a point I wanna make up is for those that kind of hoard or miss or don't get their protein all day and then ingest 100 grams at one sitting, you get that law of diminishing returns. Like beyond that 25 to 30 grams, is the rest wasted? Again, no, it's not wasted, nor is it your body can't absorb it, can't digest it, X, Y, Z. It's just there's not much benefit beyond that. So, you know, 25, 30 grams, maybe if you're a larger individual, uh, you know, pushing up towards 40, but trying to get that, I would say, at several intervals throughout the day, at least three to four times throughout the day. So hopefully that made sense. All right, on to the next. How do I get more protein? All right, another good question. Why don't you start there? How do you get more protein? What are some? Well, for me, really, it's just a matter of increasing the volume. So, you know, let me use ground turkey as an example, right? So instead of, you know, eating three ounces or four ounces, I may have to eat five ounces, right? Just increasing the volume um, of that protein is, is how you're going to get more. And again, like you said, you don't want to kind of, kind of bank that protein for later. You don't want to, you know, miss out on a macro. You want to make sure that you're getting well-rounded macros um, with every meal, ideally. Obviously, it doesn't always happen. But for me, um, that may also mean if you, let's say you are eating ground turkey, right? But it's a little bit higher in fat. So you feel like, well, I can't eat five ounces because if I'm used to eating three and I'm, I now eat five, that's going to raise my fat, right? Some people may worry about that. Well, what do you do? You may need to lower the fat of the turkey you're eating, you know? Right. So simply swap instead of 93.7, maybe you're going to eat, I mean, they have, I think as much as uh, 99%, right? 1% yep. fat. I mean, so if, if you can tolerate that, now it is a bit drier. I will tell you that it is a lot drier because why you've taken the fat out, right? And fat is, is what makes meat really delicious and, and, you know, moist. So once you take that out, then just flavor it. You know, again, I talk about the flavorings. If you add some flavors to that, like, oh my gosh, if you're using that very lean uh, ground turkey, if it's 99% um, lean, you're flavoring it with um, maybe some Greek yogurt, right? Some non-fat Greek yogurt and some salsa, bam, you know, and some taco seasoning, you're great. You're not going to miss out on that fat. And you've just boosted your, your protein with That's the perfect. Greek yogurt too. That's perfect. <laughs> so let me get, I'll read a couple of the coaches' responses here. Coach Jen said that she gave some of her protein sources, some of the go-tos. She said 99% uh, lean, 1% ground turkey, which you oh, were just talking there about. There you go. From Don Lee Farms. Uh, she uses the frozen chicken patties. Those are at Costco. I love those. She mentioned egg whites, non-fat Greek yogurt, grilled chicken, um, and protein powders and bars if needed, if you're not able to get that through food. Now, we're not someone who is against using protein powders or bars, I just wanna throw it out there, you're probably gonna get hungry much quicker. So if you're keeping calories low, stick with whole foods to stay full. Uh, Jen also said planning your meals around protein, breaking it up 
to three main meals to ensure that you get your protein bowl in and not stuck at the end of the day with like 100 grams. Sabrina and Vanessa both kind of said what you did, Renee. Instead of thinking like, what more should I add to get more? They, they basically both said, increase the protein you're already taking in. So if you're getting four ounces, go to five, you know, and, and just think a little bit more, add a little bit more instead of six ounces do, you know, six and a half or if, you know, whatever that may be. With Coach Vanessa, she gave a few examples as well. Uh, she also said Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, which she threw out there. Again, those come in different fats. So you can get like the regular, the 2%, 1% non-fat. So based on, on what you have there, you can adjust for that. And I will say, I'll, I'll cut in and say, um, you know, when it comes to cottage cheese, you either love it or you don't, right? Yeah. Kind of like true. the egg whites. A lot of people eh, are pretty squeamish about it. Cottage cheese, though, is practically flavorless. I mean, on its own, it can, you know, not be so great, but it's a great kind of filler, right? So add it into things. Like if you simply add it to your ground turkey, right? Your taco meat, or you add it like we like to do to our avocado when we make guacamole. If you add it to things and you're mixing it up, or like I will add it um, to my lasagna soup recipe. Oh my gosh, fantastic. You're adding that protein and you're not tasting that um, cottage cheese. Really, you don't even know it's there. You know what I mean? I slip it in a lot of times to our, um, in our kids' dishes. They have no, no idea. So I like, I like that cottage cheese um, to up your protein. Real quick, what uh, Vanessa and Sabrina have both done and mentioned in the past is adding the ready-to-drink protein shakes uh, to coffee as a creamer in lieu of a creamer. So you, you get the cream flavor in your coffee. You've boosted your protein intake, you know, once there before the day's even started, really. So question three. Okay. How do I combat hunger and cravings? All right, I'll let, you answer, worst. I'll let you answer this one. <laughs> Why? Because I am hungry and I do have cravings right now. <laughs> so, uh, yes, my cal calories have, have been lowered. My coach, ah. Um, I, oh my gosh, a number of things. Honestly, it's staying active. I mean, if I am active, if my mind is only focused on the food that I'm not able to have, right, or my next meal, I mean, oh my gosh, it becomes an obsession. And then I'm I find for me, I'm just hungrier. So carbonated um, waters, I just love. I love those. Those are very helpful. Um, I also really like sugar-free gum. I'm a big gum chewer. I love it. Also, um, just, you know, really for, I mean, for the cravings, I mean, it is hard. I will say like in hunger, I just, for me, what has really helped me, especially with my numbers being um, lowered is just making sure I'm eating high volume foods. Mm -hmm. For me, high volume foods are always ideal because if you're, and, and just like we were just talking the previous question, if you increase your protein, right, your intake, you're eating more volume, you will be less hungry, right? You're not gonna have those cravings that you normally have and you don't need to eat every two hours. People think, you know, I have to eat every two hours, why? You know, if you're eating, you know, this big meal and it fills you up and it's satisfying, fantastic. You may, you may be down to three meals a day, you know? So for me, that really helps. I just like to focus on the three meals and make them high volume and that really helps um, with hunger and, and cravings. So gum, carbonated water, and keep myself busy. And I think you said something uh, that was an absolute must when we're talking about hunger. 
high volume foods, which means whole foods. Mm -hmm. We did the whole food challenge with our clients and the biggest complaint that we got was people were not able to eat enough to hit their calorie goals because they were feeling full. So whole foods, high volume, gonna make you feel a lot more full. And that's kind of what coach Sabrina said in her response was eating whole foods. Um, she said, this helps the hunger before it even comes. But when it does, she says, I always try and drink a glass of water first to see if it's hunger or just my mind. She said it also helps to put something in the water like fruit or crystal light, Mio, uh, BCAAs, which are branched chain amino acids, just so it's flavored and she feels like she's getting a treat. And she said, you know, cravings are a little bit different than the hunger answer might surprise someone. She's like, I give in, though not an entire bag of chocolate or a pint of ice cream, but a small amount that I can fit within my goals that satisfies the craving. So one, one small piece of chocolate, half serving of light ice cream, small bowl of cereal, uh, just, you know, things, put things that are off limits. I end up wanting to binge on and then not care. So allowing yourself to have something. And that's, you know, some, so strong. You got to know what those trigger foods are. And there are some you just can't have because you can't have one like that. Lay's potato chip commercial. Oh, I can make a list. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are times when we need to plan ahead, pre-log things and fit certain things in. That way we don't feel deprived as though we can't have them. Um, okay, so here's one. We talked about a few of them already, but what's question four? Okay, number four. What foods do you, for the coach, this comes um, at us to all the coaches. What foods do you eat most often? That's a good question. I'll like start, this. I'll give Sabrina's answer uh, and Vanessa's and then I'll let you answer and then I'll, I'll tell people kind of some things that I okay. do too. So um, Sabrina said, I don't discriminate against my foods, I eat all foods, but typically a day for me running out the door to school to drop uh, off the gym is, you know, my coffee with three ounces of premier protein as a creamer, Dan and light and fit Greek yogurt with fruit, nature Valley protein granola, um, coming back home from the gym, you know, usually a bigger meal, including some form of protein, eggs, egg whites, chicken, shredded pork, deli meat, lots of veggies, and a fat of some sort like avocado, cheese, hummus, etc. Um, <clears throat> when the kids get home from school, she says um, that's typically when she gets the munchies. So she'll either have protein bar or drink or something crunchy like apples, carrots, or cucumbers dipped in bolt house dressing. Bolt house dressing, which is like a low-cal, low-fat uh, dressing that, that a lot of people in the group enjoy. Uh, Air pop popcorn, which is one of my faves. Piece of toast, graham cracker. Um, she said dinner's always the most important part of the day, so she makes sure to eat whatever is with the family, what they're eating. Um, she doesn't want them to feel like she's having something different. Um, so it's whenever on the menu, tacos, grilled chicken, spaghetti, potato soup, enchiladas, burgers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of what she had mentioned. She also mentioned for some desserts, dryer, slow churned ice cream, small bowl of cereal sometimes. Uh, and she says she usually really sticks with her 20% processed junk. Uh, Vanessa said she eats a lot of chicken, loves RX bars. And she said she's guilty of supplementing with protein to have uh, some protein in her coffee almost daily. And she likes Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, ice cream, at least once a week. She also said the dryer's slow churn as well. That's her go-to. So what, what would you say, Renee? Or maybe like 
four or five staples of yours? Um, eggs. I love eggs. Not whites, whole eggs. I'm a whole eggs girl, um, but I do throw whites uh, in, in some of the food. Rice. I eat a lot of rice. I, I really like rice. Um, you know, a lot of the members know I'm a big fan of basmati rice, um, but I'm really into the brown basmati right now, currently. Um, I also eat a lot of fish, um, any and all fish. So I eat, um, that's my really, my number one go-to for proteins, uh, seafood. Um, and then I said eggs, uh, sweet potatoes, butter, Kerrygold butter. I love butter. Um, but I do eat sweet potatoes. I try to eat those every day. Um, and I like to add butter um, to them. And then I also love apples. Like that's my go-to my, for my sweet tooth, apples. And I was eating a lot of peanut butter, probably too much peanut butter here for a while. So I've really tried to cut uh, back on that. And um, I'm replacing that with a little bit of almond butter. Um, so I like that. Um, I also, if I do really feel like I have to have chocolate, then I like those um, Enjoy Life chocolate chips. And I will sprinkle a little bit of those, just like, you know, 10 grams or so yeah. um, of those onto the peanut butter, almond butter with an apple, which is great. Cinnamon's a great flavor, so I like to add that. Um, but my go-to kind of for my 20% is a protein shake. And I know that sounds like, really, that's your like 20%, like that's what you're gonna, you know, eat, you know, that's kind of your, your treat or your junk, but it really is because I, um, so I do a protein shake, but I really don't like, um, you know, just the protein in the water or protein and almond milk. I have to make it a smoothie. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's kind of my nighttime, um, lately my nighttime ritual, it's been my go-to for dessert. Um, but I just like to do a vegan, uh, protein powder. Uh, I prefer the vanilla and then I just add a bunch of flavorings to it. Like sometimes I'll do frozen cherries um, or sometimes I do a frozen banana. Mm -hmm. And then I like to do um, stevia, the stevia drops. They make great flavors. I really like the caramel. So I've been adding that. Um, but I mean, really the ultimate protein smoothie is just uh, the vanilla protein powder or chocolate, um, some almond milk, and then a frozen banana or even just frozen half banana some peanut butter or almond butter and a lot of ice and it's amazing. That's my go-to. Right on. What I really like to do for my proteins is make what I call my chipotle copycats. So first I start with flank steak, um, just simple, salt and pepper, grill it up. When I'm done, cut it up into cubes so that I can put it in Tupperware and have it to use throughout the week with other things. Then with chicken, what I do is same type of thing, salt and pepper, but then I'll put some paprika, um, some chipotle pepper sauce, and some other things, throw it on the grill. But instead of chicken breasts, what I use, Costco makes these lean chicken legs and thighs. Has a little bit more fat, but that fat adds a little bit of flavor, keeps it from being so dry. And like the steak, when I'm done grilling it, pull it off, let it cool a bit, and then I cube it up and throw it in Tupperware as well so that I can have it throughout the week. I can, you know, do it with tortillas. Um, I can throw it in with some rice. So those are kind of my protein go-tos. Um, as far as like munchy type foods, love wasabi peas. Those are like my favorite. I'm the type of guy who can sit and watch Netflix and I just kind of have to have my mouth occupied, be eating something. So uh, wasabi peas are some of my faves dried roasted pumpkin seeds, also kind of the same thing. Again, these are kind of lower calorie munchy type foods that you can get in. 
um, and carrots, baby carrots. I like to chew on those. Those are crunchy. Those really help a lot and really enjoy those when I'm, again, watching TV and just trying to kill time and feel like I got to keep my mouth occupied. So the next one is a question that I'll read and I'll answer short and sweet, but does it matter when I eat? And you're going to love my answer on this because it depends. Um, does it really matter when you eat? No. Uh, your total caloric intake for the day and macro intake for the day does. But as I just mentioned before, with protein specifically, we want to spread that evenly throughout the day, trying to get 25 to 30 grams or more per sitting. So if we're getting it all at once, it's not really giving us all the benefit. The other thing is carbohydrates can have a more productive role in your diet when taken at certain times, specifically pre and or post-workout. So the, the big 30,000 foot view, does it matter when I eat? No, but if you want to get down to the weeds of the details, it does. And But that's pillar six of seven on our program. So it, it matters much less than a lot of those things that come before that. So the next question I'll read and, and answer as well is, should I weigh or log my foods as raw or cooked? Real common question that we get from clients. And I'm just going to keep this short and simple to what I would call the golden rule being log it as you weighed it. So if you had a food, let's say chicken, let's use as an example. You have raw chicken. If you put it on the food scale and you weighed it raw, enter it in your food tracking app. We use MyFitnessPal. Enter it in MyFitnessPal as raw chicken. If it's cooked, look it up in MyFitnessPal that way. Here's a quick tip as well. Use the acronym USDA in your search when looking for whole foods like chicken. Uh, and so, for example, if I have grilled chicken, and I weigh it as such, it's grilled, I'm gonna look up grilled chicken USDA on MyFitnessPal and use that as my entry. So again, golden rule, log it as you weigh it. So the next question, Renee, I'll have you read that one and we'll kind of talk about some quick reasons why it might happen the way that it does. Oh, that's a good one. Why does my scale fluctuate so much? Why does well, it? It's broken. <laughs> a, maybe the scale needs new batteries. <laughs> B, maybe you're not sticking to your plan. Or C, this is what people are probably really asking for, is I am sticking to my plan to a T, but it's all over the place. Why is that? So why, what are a few Can reasons? Can I just that... use myself as an example? Yep. Like, as you know, yep. you've seen my numbers. I have been following everything to a T and my weight is going up. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm following my workouts. I'm, you know, hitting my numbers and the weight's going up. So, you know, for me, I know a lot of times, like a lot of us, you, you know, a lot of your clients, um, a lot of us will joke about how, you know, you will know, uh, women's menstrual cycles, uh, when they're happening before they will. Right. So it yeah. could be hormones. Um, a lot of times, you know, even you'll call me out on that. Well, are you sure it's not your hormones? And then of course I, because I, <laughs> I have no idea when, when, uh, my cycle is, I should know this. I have to look up my little tracker. Well, you're right. You know, it's, it's hormones. It's, you know, I, I could have eaten, you know, I could have eaten a highly salty food or meal, you know, the day prior. I mean, that shoots my weight up. I mean, sometimes as much as three, four pounds, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, Chipotle does that to me. But if you eat 
foods with high sodium, a lot of packaged processed foods, your weight's going to go up. You know, so there's a number of things. Um, I know just even sometimes working out, if I have a very um, a heavy workout, you know, if I'm working out legs, um, I have a lot of water retention, you know, I'm holding on to all those fluids, I will notice uh, a increase in my weight. Perfect. I really think you hit most of them on the head. Uh, you know, one of the most simple ones is, are you weighing at the same time of the day? I, I've had clients who will weigh themselves in their birthday suit first thing in the morning, and then two days later, weigh themselves at night in clothed, and they're three pounds heavier. And, and I think that's kind of obvious, but it is funny enough that, okay, that does happen, and people do wonder why. Like Renee mentioned, exercise. Exercise creates inflammation and soreness, uh, illness of any type, injuries. Uh, you mentioned the menstrual cycle, stress, poor sleep, hydration, uh, medications. All of those are reasons why it might be going up or down. We don't need to look at the absolute day-to-day. -day. We have our clients track daily so that we can take a weekly average. So if you track your weight every day for seven days, take an average. That was your weight for the week. Then next week, do the same. Weigh yourself every day, same time, same place. Take the average and see what's happening to the averages. Is the trend of the averages going down, not the absolute? So, um, what's next? Okay. Um, how do I log food when eating out, uh, traveling, or on vacation? Let me. I'm gonna give Coach Jen's response to this, um, and then I'll let you kind of respond, and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on it as well. So, Jen said, "Eating out, plan ahead." And the old adage that failure to plan is planning to fail. So plan all the alcohol if you know you'll be drinking and pre-log that or any restaurants you'll be eating out at. Uh, and then work your day around it. So be prepared, she said. Uh, we all know that weekends are out of our routine typically and we can find, or find we're simply out and, and about during the time and at lunch. or So always have protein, uh, a bar, a shake, jerky, something like that because protein is going to be low at most of the restaurants. So have that on hand as well. Um, coach Sabrina mentioned, you know, again, be proactive when going out, look the restaurant up ahead of time to see if you can find their nutrition info online or in my fitness pal. And if so great, log it ahead of time so that you can stick to your plan and kind of like eat around that for the rest of the day. So, uh, if you can't find the information, she said, like it's a mom pop type place look up a comparable item from a chain restaurant. You know, if you're going somewhere and they've got chili, for example, and you're like, oh, this is a great chili that I'm eating, but it's this mom and pop place. Well, I know Wendy's has a pretty awesome chili. I know Chili's has pretty cool chili. So you can look those things up and, and find those as well. Um, Renee, what do you think? What are your thoughts on, on eating out? Like, I, I know how I'll answer it, but <laughs> what do you have to say? Well, and I think, you know, you know how I feel. I feel like eating out should not be a daily activity, right? Eating out should be saved for special occasions. And I know for, for some, it's easier said than done, right? For those who um, travel for work, right? That's difficult. They have to eat all their meals out, but they can still plan ahead. They, you know, you have that great blog post um, about how to, um, that your sister Nicole, um, she's a flight attendant and she mentioned how she is successful, right? Is, is through planning and taking um, prepackaged foods that will, that will meet uh, her daily needs and eating those instead of eating out at a restaurant. You don't have to eat at a restaurant just because you're traveling. 
I traveled for work and um, I, you know, called the hotel ahead of time uh, and I was gone for a week and I called ahead of time and uh, asked if they had a refrigerator in the room. They did. They did not have a microwave. So I knew they had a fridge. So right when we landed um, at the airport, we arrived, I went right to the grocery store. And what did I do? I just bought foods that were um, either, you know, packaged, had a shelf life or ones that needed refrigeration like meats. Mm -hmm. I ate a lot of deli meat that week. It was deli meat and string cheese and yogurts and things of that nature, but I planned ahead. So what did I do? I, I didn't not eat out because of course we had um, work functions, work dinners, but I didn't eat out for every meal. So I saved that time for when it was truly necessary. And for me, it was when it was a work dinner. And then I made the best choice I could. And then again, like you said, you, you guesstimate, you know, and, and you use your hand as a form of measurement um, as far as the foods and do the best you can there. But I think, you know, if you are going to rely solely on eating out, you will hinder your, your progress. You're going to hit a roadblock because you really don't know, especially when it comes to restaurants. I even would advocate fast food over restaurants. And that sounds crazy. And people are like, what? Like fast food over restaurants, but fast food, everything is weighed and measured for the most part. Like when you go to McDonald's, their cheeseburgers are all the same, right? It's, I mean, they're just pumping that, pumping them out. They have, um, you know, to, to meet certain quotas, um, things of that nature. So every hamburger, if you get a, you know, McDonald's hamburger here, and then you're, you, you know, you're in Florida and you get a, a McDonald's hamburger, it's the same, right? But if you go to a restaurant, especially if it's a mom and pop restaurant, where you don't know really truly what's in that um, meal that you're eating, you have to guesstimate because they're probably not weighing and measuring out the fats that they're adding to your to your food. You know, when they're cooking that chicken, they could be throwing in a couple tablespoons of oil when they're cooking that. Same thing with the vegetables. So you're really hurting yourself um, by eating at, at restaurants. Um, but of course, like I said, special occasions, like by all means, I would do that. But I just would not choose that as, as a choice um, for each day. Special occasions so only. I, two parts to this. Part one will be the simple answer of vacation. Some people ask like, how do I eat out track food on vacation? If you don't have a deadline that you're trying to achieve, then my answer is how do I diet on vacation? You don't. I think you need to be mindful about what you're eating. It's not going to be a free for all because you need to keep your goals in mind, but I think you need to give yourself a little bit of a break. Uh, I think you need to enjoy vacation, enjoy that and get back to it when you get home. If there is a deadline pending, you know, if you've, get a wedding coming up or you need to have a photo shoot. If there's things like that, you guess what? You chose that date and you also chose that vacation. So you are going to have to diet through that. And like Renee said, you're going to need to plan ahead. Ask if there's a refrigerator in the hotel, look for grocery stores around you, look for certain restaurants around you, which then leads me to the next part of eating out. What Renee said with restaurants specifically, um, I would, order off the menu when possible. We have to look at eating out as a social, it, it's, it's a social thing. The food there, obviously to someone like Renee, who's a foodie and many others, trust me, I enjoy food too, but we can't look at it as I went to XYZ restaurant and the only thing they had on the menu was, you know, this, so I had to have that and that's why I went off my plan. The reality is, 
like we've had many clients who have said before, one in particular, Gina Swan, she was awesome. She did our, our, one of our podcasts. She's like, I learned how to eat whole foods out of a gas station. I mean, you walk into a gas station, you can find a banana, you can find some lunch meat or some, some beef jerky, <clears throat> you can find uh, some raw nuts. So there's never a have to, no one's holding a gun to your head. I would suggest you look up things in advance like the other coaches have said. If you can't find things on the menu, search for an alternative. Know that the accuracy of what you're tracking is going to be way off. And like Coach Vanessa has recommended, and I've also been recommending to people now too, is add an extra serving of fat to whatever it is that you ate. I love that. Add, if you just add a, a tablespoon of olive oil, because you and I and everyone knows, like Renee said, they're adding that to the food to flavor it up anyways. You know it's in there, even though it's not accounted for. So add that extra serving of fat. So that's how I would kind of answer that question. Okay. On to the next question. Yep. All right. How do I get more fiber? Fiber. Big one here. So Coach Vanessa says berries. That's the way that she likes to get her fiber. So uh, without high calorie impact in, you know, veggies and legumes also. Sabrina says um, berries as well. So um, they don't take up a lot of carbs. They taste delicious. Um, another thing that she makes sure to do is check labels. So like, for example, Sabrina said, if she's buying tortillas, bread, bagels, English muffins, any of those things, she's going to look for the whole grain versions and the ones that have higher fiber with them. Uh, where the macros and the calories might be identical, yet they're going to have a higher fiber content. So what do you think? What would I like that. Well, I like lentils. Uh, that's my go-to for fiber. Um, but again, you are, you know, eating higher calories with, with lentils. You know, it's going to increase your carbs quite a bit. But oh my gosh, lentils. I feel like that is... Um, just one of those, those foods, you know, they always talk about these, these super foods, you know, these foods that are so good for you. I feel like lentils, um, are, are great. You just, you know, people are intimidated. I get it. It's one of those foods that not a lot of people probably eat, but I definitely suggest it. I think you should try that. And then berries, like the coach just said, I, I love berries. Yeah. So that's how I get and my fiber. Car carbs are where your fiber is going to come from you guys. So don't be afraid of carbs. Obviously, if you have them in your plan, we need to pick the right types of carbs so that we can get the fiber in. Um, I'll give you a quick hierarchy, if you will, here of those carbohydrates and fiber sources. I'd say number one is kind of the given, your green veggies. Number two is fruit. And specifically, like the coaches said, Renee said, berries. Number three would be beans or lentils. And number four would be your whole grains. Um, Believe it or not, actually avocados are fairly high in fiber. So if you have the fat to spare, if you like avocados, which I love, uh, that's going to help you get some additional fiber. Um, and also seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds. Those are great to add to smoothies uh, to give it a little bit more bulk and a little bit more thickness. But at the same time, add that fiber, uh, which obviously helps with digestion, feeling full and all those things as well. So I think... Uh, I think the fiber one, I think that was our last question. So Renee, thank you again for yeah, your, your for afternoon <laughs> and uh, giving us your, your story. I know people are going to love it. And uh, you know, there's a lot to, a lot of meat here to on the bone that we've got that we've left for you guys. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And if you've got any questions, uh, we're going to put, I'm going to put uh, links in the show notes where you guys can get some free things like our, my fitness pal tutorial. Uh, you can get our macro cheat sheet. 
Uh, I'll put up, you know, links to Renee's transformation so you can see that as well. She mentioned the travel blog. I'll put links in there to that as well. And don't hesitate to reach out uh, if you guys need help. We do a consultation free of charge by phone wherever you're at in the world. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help you out. So thank you again for listening. Thank you, Renee, for being here today. Thanks. I had a lot of fun. Talk to you guys later. Hey guys, this is Adam, head coach at Copper State Fit. If you felt inspired by the show you just heard and feel like taking it a bit further, we'd like to help. For those of you looking to take baby steps, download our free My Fitness Pal tutorial and macro cheat sheet. Link can be found in the show notes. And for those of you that want to take a little more than a baby step, schedule a free phone consultation with us. We'll answer all your questions and provide you with personalized information. No strings attached, no obligation to buy. But if you do, we'll throw in a bonus. Mention Podcast 49 in your consult notes and we'll take $49 off your first month. The only wrong decision is indecision, so pick what's right for you. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to speaking with you. Thank you.